Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 78, My Parent or Parents or Family is Not So Good to Me. It's November 28, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, motivational speaker, podcaster, YouTuber. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. I help people be well-loved and happy even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. And my music is by Howie Moscovich. My parent or parents or family is not so good to me. Oh my goodness. Well, I have a lot to say about this. And the first thing I have to say about this is this is the most common situation in the world. And I say that because we know that between 70 to 96% of American families are dysfunctional. So there's a lot of behaviors and statements that are not good and wouldn't be good for you or good for you. But here's the thing. I have like really, really, really good news for you. This does not have to tank you and I'm going to give you a path so you can thrive and flourish even if you have no parents or no siblings or no step-siblings or no family or if you have a parent or parents or family that's not so good to you. So where are we going to go? Let's get going. So I'm going to cover this podcast in layers. And uh, so the first layer we're going to cover is the kind of background of relatedness to what do I mean about when your parent or parents or family isn't so good to you and the pain and heartbreak and all that. Then I'm going to give you some context and relativity, their general rule of law, and some other things to establish a foundation. And the last layer is going to be the things that you can do to have a rich and amazing life. And I'll finish up with uh, additional suggestions on top of what I'm going to cover and then my call to action and takeaway takeaways and call to action. All right. So if you happen to be new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway because that would make me happy and you could win some free stuff. I I happen to really enjoy giveaways. I mean, I knew I would enjoy them so much, but I've continued them on since the beginning because they are quite fun. All right. The next piece is very important. It is important to me that you understand I am not a therapist, I am not a medical or health professional, and you as a person should be getting your therapy advice or your medical advice from a licensed healthcare provider, of which I'm not. The other piece of this is if you're listening to this podcast and you're hopeless or you feel suicidal, or you feel like your life is not worth living, or nobody cares about you, I'm asking you to stop right now and get into action and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I am asking you to tell people I'm asking you to talk about it, and I'm asking you to accept the help that's available because there is a lot of help available, and people will help you, and they're not going to shame you. There's just, you know, just take the help and, and get your life together. All right, so the first layer of this topic is the heartbreak and commonality of it. Well, I already mentioned in the intro that 70 to 96% of American families fall into the category of being dysfunctional. That means that this is the most common thing. It's common. It's common, common, common. But we're not talking about it. We're generally, as a rule, in society, not talking about how we were treated 
or how we've been treated or how we continue to be treated by our parent, our parents, uh, family, siblings, half-siblings, step-siblings. We're just really not talking about it, and we should be. Don't get me started about all the things we're not talking about because I do talk about all the things we're not talking about in my podcast because not talking about them doesn't fix the problem. So this topic is extremely common and it's extremely painful. It's painful if you're, if you have parents. So first of all, there are people listening to this podcast of, of a variety of ages who don't have any parents or siblings or step-siblings or half-siblings, and they're really kind of alone in life. And that is very painful and difficult. And this podcast applies to you, even if you have no parents, no family, no siblings. This this is still applicable guidance and helpful suggestions for you. But if you have family, we'll just call it family, and they're not so good to you, that's painful. That is just tragic, it's heartbreaking, it's wrong on so many levels, and it's the most common thing that happens in the world. It's just that common. So we're not talking about it because part of, and one of the reasons, there's many reasons why we're not talking about it, but one of the reasons is because this topic is laden with shame and embarrassment. So oftentimes a young person who grows up Uh, who wasn't treated well by either one of their parents or their siblings or half-siblings or step-siblings or aunts or uncles or whoever, you know, there's some shame and embarrassment to it. So that's one of the issues. What's also very, very common in life is that people of all ages won't deal with this issue. So if you're not going to deal with this problem or this issue, You are simply then going to carry it around with you for the rest of your life in the form of baggage, by the way, and, and carry it with you, which is, which is one way to do it. I mean, you can do that if you want to do it, but I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of carrying around baggage. I'm a fan of having fun, being playful and dealing with problems and emotions and pain. So If you were not treated well in some capacity as a young person or a child, it's not your fault. I'm going to tell you right now, you might be blamed for it, and maybe maybe you were the family scapegoat, or maybe you were in a double bind situation. Neither one of those, by the way, is your fault. But then you're going to be blamed for whatever happens no matter what you do, and sometimes you're even going to be blamed for things you weren't even there for. So what's, what's predictable, though, for young people and old people is they don't deal with this and the pain sends them down a dark hole. It sends them into drugs or alcohol or promiscuity or gambling or excessive gaming or hoarding. It sends them down a road that's not good. And that, in my opinion, is based on not dealing with the pain. So we want to talk about the pain. So for starters, children, 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 and young people and young adults deserve to be loved. They deserve affection. They deserve to be nurtured. They deserve to have their basic needs met like food, shelter, and clothing, and safety, as well as getting an education. That's what all children are deserving of. Now, you might not have gotten that. In fact, it's just terribly likely that you didn't get that. Whether it was there wasn't enough food or shelter or safety, or you didn't get love or affection, or you didn't get guidance. You know, these are the things that lead young people and old people to to suicide and down the road of addictions. Because young people and I mean children, teenagers, young adults, well, they're still growing. I mean, their minds and brains and bodies are still growing. Their brains are still growing until they're like in their mid-20s. So young people don't have coping strategies and coping mechanisms to deal with the emotional pain. I mean, how could they? So I want you to hang in there for this podcast because I promise you there is really good news coming. So the, the, 
the first layer is this is the most common thing in the world it's just extremely common and it's not your fault even if you fell into some some type of addiction or <clears throat> you gained weight or you became anorexic or you had some other issue it's still not your fault but now we're gonna say okay what are you gonna do about it well we're not gonna get quite there we're not quite there yet so I want to kind of lay out the breadth of the different statements and behaviors and things that are going on that fall into the dysfunctional category. So you see how wide this is. This is a big pool. Now I'm not listing everything, but I'm going to list a lot. <clears throat> so you want to, while you're listening to this, kind of pause and be introspective and wonder and think, is, were any of these things present in your family? So not providing love and affection. Was love and affection present in your family and your childhood? Invalidating your feelings, which is very common. I have a whole podcast on that, but that's basically when you're told you shouldn't feel like that or don't feel like that or don't be like that. Mistreatment of any kind, neglect, or abuse of any kind. Blaming you for family issues, problems, or situations. Allowing you to be bullied in any capacity. Being mean to you, cruel to you, dismissing you, belittling you, demeaning you, demeaning your thoughts, your ideas, your actions. Playing favorites meaning if your parent or caregivers played favorites, telling you that you were bad, stupid, not good enough, or will never amount to anything, calling you names or allowing you to be called names, undermining your goals, accomplishments, successes, or efforts, not supporting you academically, not providing sufficient food, shelter, or a safe environment, ignoring your issues or complaints, keeping you from having or making friends. Yes, that happens. Keeping you from having contact with the other parent or family. And I say that with the exception of there are some cases where safety is an issue. And so that's the exception, but it's called parent alienation when one parent does that and doesn't, and it's not grounded in reality making you the bad guy for calling you calling them out on inappropriate behaviors or actions or statements telling you that you don't deserve happiness love or good things sabotaging your efforts to improve your life lying cheating criminal activity infidelity drugs addictions hoarding gambling making you take care of them. Now I do understand some parents have health issues and that might be appropriate, but you know, it's also appropriate to get other adults involved. Um, not standing up for you. So there's 25 examples of behaviors that are woefully unhealthy and harmful to young people. And quite frankly, I could go on. I could do a whole podcast on that, but I don't want to. So was any of that present in your family when you grow up? Well, it's extremely likely that one or more or several of those things were happening. And that's, that's painful. So that that's the next topic is dealing with the pain. We as a culture and as a society in the world are pretty bad, pretty poor at dealing with pain. We're just, we just don't have a lot of facility or skills in painful situations. So one of the places that to start with this topic is that this is painful. It's extremely painful. You know, these are the people who are supposed to love you the most and are engaging in behaviors that are harmful and hurtful to you. So the first piece is that you have to begin to acknowledge the pain of your childhood. And when I say that, I mean, there are adults who will go to their grave holding on to that pain, never dealing with it, 
incapable of admitting that their father or their mother was really horrible to them. And that's fine. That's, that's how they live. I'm just suggesting that's not going to be your future. I don't want it to be your future. I want you to learn how to deal with painful things because that's a skill. And it's a very, very helpful skill because there are lots of painful things outside of either parents or family that are likely to happen. So if you learn how to deal with pain head on without resorting to drugs or addictions or gambling or hoarding or, you know, any number of things, food included, your life is going to be more powerful, you're going to be happier, you're going to be healthier. So the first aspect is that you want to start to grow your emotions, starting with dealing with the difficult ones. Because if you have a family, parent, parents, siblings, step-siblings, half-siblings, or no family, or no parents, that's painful. And it falls under the category of what I call the difficult emotions. So the difficult emotions are, you know, when you're hurt, when you feel rejected, when you feel betrayed, anger, resentment, loss, sadness, feeling unworthy, anxiety, the list goes on and on. These are difficult emotions, but you can learn skills. So I have uh, several Newsweek articles on Newsweek.com under, if you look at my profile, that'll just walk you through all the different articles I've written. And I have podcasts on all these subjects because you want to learn, you know, how to have your emotions be a superpower. I'm telling you right now that your emotions are a super, superpower. But you have to learn how to use them, and we're not teaching people that as a rule. So I have lots of podcasts that will help you. But you want to flourish in life. You want to thrive in life. You want to have a happy, healthy life, right? Or you want to be miserable. Well, let's hope you don't want to. Why would you want to be miserable? I mean, okay, there are people who are like play the victim and martyr role, and they do want to be miserable. But that's not you. That's not your future. So you want to put yourself on a path to grow your emotional abilities and not have to resort to unhealthy coping mechanisms like drugs, alcohol, excessive gaming or gambling or, you know, overeating or whatever. All right. One of the questions in this first layer that people frequently have is why did that happen to you or why is it happening to you? Well, first of all, dysfunctional families typically typically don't heal and typically are dysfunctional till everybody dies. That's the typical pathway. So you might not be young anymore, but your family is very likely that it's still dysfunctional because those patterns persist. They have staying power. So people often wonder, why is this happening to me? And why did this happen to you? Well, I don't know why it happened to you. This is your lot in life. And the good news is you can do something about it. You're not stuck with the pain. So you can ponder why, but I'm going to give you some better things to think about than why. So as we're building layers here, so we've got the first layer, which is the commonality. We've got the other pieces, which is all the whole gamut or some of the gamut of the types of behaviors and, and statements and treatments that are woefully inappropriate. Now I want to introduce what's called, what I call context and relativity because I think that's an important aspect for you to consider because you're going to be managing, hopefully, managing and processing your, your emotions as you grow your emotional abilities about this painful family you've had or you have, what likely you have. So context means... A setting or the circumstances in which events occur. So context is like the setting or the circumstances. And relativity is a state of dependence in which uh, the existence or significance of one entity is solely dependent on another. So like in looking at life, and in dealing with your emotions, in my opinion, it's very helpful to look at the context of, of things, the context of the circumstances and the relativity. 
the interconnected aspects of what is happening can be very helpful in sorting things out and getting a proper perspective, in my opinion. So, were any of the following circumstances or settings present in your family when you grew up? Was one parent abusive towards the other? Was one or both parents involved with addictions, which could be drugs, alcohol, hoarding, social media, gaming, etc., overeating? Was economic abuse present? Well, economic abuse is present in 94 to 96% of the domestic abuse cases. So if abuse was present, it's extremely likely that economic abuse was present, even though you might not have known about it when you were a child. Was there a divorce? Was the family dealing with a special needs child or a child with an involved health issue or other situation? Was either parent dealing with a significant health problem? Was poverty an issue? Did one or both parents struggle with a mental health issue? Did either parent struggle with depression? Was violence or potential danger an issue? Did one parent bully or force the other parent to do things that that parent didn't want to do? Was one parent belittling, demeaning, mocking, ridiculing, or otherwise treating the other parent badly? Was cheating or infidelity an issue? Were you afraid of either one of your parents, if you had two, or siblings, or step-siblings, or half-siblings? Was one parent absent, uninvolved, or detached? These things are extremely common. They're very, very common. And why am I bringing these things up? Well, they provide relativity and context. These are very, very big problems in life. And they, it's just almost 100% predictable that if those things were going on in your family when you were growing up, they would impact your parents' ability to function in life. And when parents can't function, when they're in survival mode or there's danger or, or they're dealing with a sick child or some other issue, they can't typically, typically do the best job. So I bring these things up not to excuse bad behavior. I'm not interested in having you excuse or justify poor treatment. We don't want to belittle. We don't want to demean. We don't want to dis diminish your experience as a young person or a teenager or adult now. I mean, you could be 60 years old and it's probably still going on. I'm not interested in having you demean or diminish in any way what happened, but you want to bring some context to it. So for example, to be forthcoming, now I would be more forthcoming except that I have some very dangerous people in my life and I have a podcast about dangerous people. So that limits what I can say because you don't want to poke the sleeping dragon or the sleeping dragons, plural. So I had three major concurrent traumas going on while I was parenting my children. Three major, very traumatic traumas. And it was very difficult. It was like, I can't even tell you how difficult it was. I mean, there were days I was just hoping I would survive it. So that impacted my ability to be the best parent because I was in survival mode. So we have something now called A-scores, which is an adverse childhood event scoring. It's a little test. It's only 10 questions right now, but I'm sure over the years it will be expanded. So you want, you want to, when you're managing and processing your emotions about the pain of your childhood, you want to kind of look at all the, look at the context, look at the relativity, look at everything that was happening to help you when you're managing and processing your emotions. So this can be helpful. And that's why I bring it up because you want to have an accurate perspective. 
All right, so the next layer before we get into how are you going to thrive and flourish is training versus criticism. I'm of the opinion that it is a parent's job or caregiver, if it's not a parent, to train you as a young person, you know, child, teenager, young adult, in how to have a happy and healthy and productive life. So there's lots of things that kids need to learn. And there's even um, in one of Malcolm Gladwell books, he talks about some of the research on this, where the kids who've been kind of coached and prepared and trained by their parents did so much better in different um in different areas of life. So one of the, the jobs of a parent is to train their children in how to, you know, navigate through life. So that's training. Well, that's what I call it. I'm <laughs> not sure what you call it. But so there's training that should be going on as you help your children learn how to make phone calls and do homework and get through school and, you know, eat healthy and all there's just all kinds of things that hopefully children are learning now if you're growing up in a in a household where hoarding is present we know those kids aren't learning things because of the environment they're living in so there's one aspect of being a parent that's called training and there's a very thin line between training and criticism so training is you know where you're going to teach someone a particular skill or a behavior and criticism is the express disapproval of someone or some skill or ability or a perceived fault so this came up with my children and it was very interesting to me because i was like oh yes i could see where it would be difficult for a, a young young person to kind of figure out, well, are you training me or are you criticizing me? Like, wow, that was like an aha moment. And it actually changed some things for me because it was like, oh, well, I've been talking about training you, but no, I didn't really think about the fact that you might be criticized. So one of the ways that I can remember that it changed for me was because I was forced to homeschool all three kids was when the kids would bring their schoolwork to me to be corrected or a paper to be, uh, <clears throat> you know, graded. Um, I would, I changed my approach and I, and I would look at them and say, is this your best work? That, that was the question. And then depending on their answer, sometimes they would take the paper back and leave or go, no. And sometimes they would look at me and say, yes, this is my best work. And I'd say, okay, let's take a look at it. So some parents take training to the extreme and some parents are just hypercritical and some parents can't even be bothered to provide adequate training and, you know, development for their children. So it's important for you to understand in the, the layering of this, that parents are supposed to be providing some level of training for you when you're under their care so that you can go out and be happy and live a good life. So that's that. All right, the last layer is the rule of law. Now there's a rule of law in parenting, which I'm going to share with you here. And some of you are just going to want to Put your nails on the chalkboard. But the rule of law, generally speaking, with parents is that they do the best that they can do. Now, we know that for some parents, they're doing a horrible job. Horrible. And, and quite frankly, some parents are just evil. I hate to say it, but there are evil people in the world, and some of those people get to be parents. Some people are not mentally fit or emotionally capable of doing a good job as a parent and some people are just too selfish they're too egocentric or narcissistic or self-centered to do a good job as a parent but they get to be a parent and some parents are too emotionally wounded by their own childhood to do any better than what they're doing and as I already covered in the previous layer some parents are dealing with 
a traumatic event while they're parenting you, like emotional abuse or physical abuse or poverty or any of those other circumstances I covered. And that impacts how well they can do. Because if you're being emotionally abused, that's really hard. I mean, it's very hard. And there are some people who are just lousy parents. I mean, they're just lousy. So, regrettably, there's no licensing for parenting, so people, whoever wants to be a parent, can be. But here's the thing. I am positive, even if you have lousy parents or an evil parent or, you know, family that wasn't nice to you, I'm sure that they love you. There's no doubt they love you. It's just you need to understand some people are very piss poor at showing love. Like they're terrible at it. They're like awful, awful at it. So know that you're loved and know that you're deserving of love, worthy of love, and the right people will love you. So if your family hasn't done it, hasn't been so good to you, I'm sure your parents have done the best they could, even if it was lousy, and I'm sure that they love you. So now we're going to move into the second piece of this, which is how can you flourish and thrive when you have a family that's not good to you? Well, I got news for you. There's lots, there's lot, there are a lot of ways you can flourish or thrive. So for starters, I'm going to introduce to you, introduce to you what I call using pain to your advantage. Now there's actually an even better psychology term called post-traumatic growth. So prior to me happening upon the term post-traumatic growth, I used to call it, well, for forever, using emotional pain to your advantage because pain is pain. Pain is painful. There's no way around it. If you're in pain or you have painful circumstances, it's painful. It is painful. So what are you going to do about that? Well, how about if you use pain to your advantage? And the terminology post-traumatic growth is just that. Post-traumatic growth is where you take a painful life circumstances or a loss or a life challenge or something, you know, deeply painful or bereavement, and you use that to become a better version of yourself and to have life be richer and more rewarding. That is the essence of post-traumatic growth. You use bereavement, loss, pain, suffering, hardships, life challenges to become a better version of yourself and to have life be richer or more rewarding. This is a choice. It's something you get to choose. So you can choose suffering. You can choose to wallow. You can choose to be sad or morose. Or you can choose to use the hardship, the family that's not so good to you, to become a better version of yourself. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. I mean, you're going to have pain anyway because we're talking about a painful situation. So why not use it to become a better version of yourself? I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Okay, I do know people who are martyrs and... Uh, like to play the victim and they're never going to do that because they get too many benefits out of being the martyr or the victim but that's not for you that's not your future that's not what I want for you so the operative word is choose the operative word is you can now the next layer of this you thriving and you having an amazing life despite the fact that either you have no parents and no family or you have a parent or parents or family that's not so good to you is to be well loved. This is something that I happened upon from doing a YouTube video I did a while back called Be Well Loved. And after I did it, people were telling me, oh my gosh, I haven't been well loved. Oh, look at how old I am and I haven't been well loved. Well, given what I've already covered about the nature of dysfunctional families, doesn't it make sense to you that a lot of people would not feel well loved? Yes, it makes perfect sense. However, you can be very well loved, deeply loved, separate from your family. You can even create, you know, 
adoptive or surrogate parents, adoptive or surrogate siblings. You know, you can create through other people love in abundance. And I want you to make being well loved your number one goal. Well, why not? Love is amazing. Love is like fantastic. So if your family hasn't been so great to you or you don't have a family, put be well loved on your goal list because it's amazing. It doesn't have to come from your family. All right, so be well loved. I promise you that people are going to love you. Now, you only want good people, okay? There's, we, we know there's some bad people in the world. No, only good people for you. Stay away from those bad people. All right, so the next piece on this journey to thriving and having an amazing life is forgiveness and healing. Now, people often have myths or misconceptions about forgiveness. I have a whole podcast about the healing nature of forgiveness. Forgiveness has nothing to do with people who have wronged you. Forgiveness is all for you. You get all the benefits. They don't get anything. If you think forgiveness is something you're going to give them, forget about it. You've got the wrong idea about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean you're going to let them back in your life if you're estranged from them. Forgiveness does not mean you accept or support or condone their behavior. Forgiveness doesn't mean any of that, but forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. You don't have to forgive anybody. You can just carry around grudges for your entire life. Go have at it. Go right ahead. I support you in doing whatever you want because it's your life, not mine. But forgiveness is very healing for you. And I want you to have this rich, amazing life. So I don't want you walking around wounded and with baggage because that's, that's not going to free you up. That's not going to give you lots of joy. So I would, I would hope that you're going to consider getting on a healing journey and some forgiveness. All right. The next piece in you having a life where you're happy and life is cooking and on all cylinders and you're thriving and you're flourishing is empowering attitudes and beliefs and managing your expectations. So in life, you get to choose whether you have empowering attitudes and beliefs or disempowering attitudes and beliefs. And I highly, highly, highly recommend empowering attitudes and beliefs because they feel so much better. So I want to give you an example in this context of my family's not so great to me of, of the difference. So uh, here's one one view would be my parents hate me. Okay, that's a disempowering view. And the other one would be my parents love me, they just aren't the best. So if I say my parents hate me, well, can you feel the sting of that? Yes, my parents hate me. That's horrible. That's not going to leave you feeling good in any way, shape, or form. It's a completely disempowering attitude and belief. And by the way, I'm sure it's not true. Now, they may be awful to you. They may be really, really, really horrible to you. But I'm sure that they love you. They just might not be well people. I mean, there are people who are sick who get to be parents. Now let's look at the other one. My parents love me. They just aren't the best parents. So can you see the difference of how that would feel? My parents love me. They're just not so great to me. You know, it's it's a different. So it would be easy to believe that you're not worthy of love. You're not deserving of love. You're not lovable. And those are disempowering attitudes and beliefs that aren't true. They're just not true. You are lovable. You are worthy of love. You are deserving of love. And I want you to have it. So bring the right empowering attitudes and beliefs to the table because then you'll be taking advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy, which I'm not going to get into in this podcast because this podcast is going to be long enough already. But I've talked about it in many of my podcasts. So you want to have the empowering attitude and belief that you're lovable that you're worthy of love, you deserve love, and you shall have it. That's one. That's one. Now, you know, it's it's when you're managing your your attitudes and beliefs, 
it might be helpful to understand that some of your family members might be emotionally handicapped or emotionally bankrupt. If someone's emotionally handicapped, which by the way is extremely likely, it's almost, it's so predictable, then they just don't have the emotional abilities that someone who say has high emotional intelligence, they just don't have that. So they might be passive aggressive with their anger and they might do all kinds of things. So I personally take the empowering attitude and belief. I feel sorry for people who don't treat me well. Like I feel sorry for them. Like it's so sad because they're not even self-aware to realize how horrible they are. I mean, it's just sad. So you want to get on the trajectory where you are going to be expecting good things and creating good things because you deserve a life of goodness. And I want you to start to see the good things in your life and the good people in your life and the goodness in the world. And if you're not, well, then you might need to make new friends. And I have YouTube videos that will help you with that. And I have a podcast about that. I know it's not easy. But you want to manage your expectations. So your family is probably never, ever going to change. So that's, there's one expectation. I wouldn't be expecting them to change. And you want to bring, to really flourish and thrive, you want to bring empowering attitudes and beliefs to your life because that's really going to be helpful. All right, now there's three types of, or three either types of parents or things that parents do. They're a little of both that I want to make a special mention of because they're really bad and very painful. The first one is parents who try to live out their dreams or get a do-over through you. So they didn't have the life they wanted and they're going to try to kind of get it through you. And that's painful when they might try to make you be like a mini version of them. That's very difficult, very painful, very hard. It puts terrible pressure on children or teenagers or young adults, and it's really unhealthy. So you might be in that boat. I mean, you might. And if you are recognizing that's what's going on, it's going to be powerful for you. The second behavior that parents do, which is very problematic, is parents who are perfectionists. This is actually more common than I care to admit, but there are a lot of people in the world who are parents who are perfectionists, and they are just striving to be perfect themselves, and they expect you to be perfect. That's a terrible, terrible burden to put on a child or a teenager or an adult of any age. And there are parents who will die being perfectionists. First of all, that's exhausting. Perfectionism is just exhausting and not for you. And if you have a parent who's engaging in that, it's going to be helpful for you to recognize that so you don't repeat the pattern because that's not for you. And if you're listening to this and you might be a perfectionist, well, guess what? You can ditch that. You can learn how to grow out of that and deal with it. And I would highly recommend that. I mean, you want to have fun in life and you want to have energy. Trying to be perfect is just going to drain you. It's going to drain you like nobody's business. And the last thing that parents do, which is highly problematic, uh, but worth a mention, is withholding love and affection. Now, there are people who are parents, plenty, plenty, plenty of them, who never received love and affection when they were growing up. So, of course, they don't give it to you because they didn't get love and affection, so they're not giving it to you. Well, that's actually a form of abuse, and it's a problem. So if you didn't receive love and affection, you can still bring love and affection to your children if you're parenting children. This is really, really common and it's just helpful to notice. Like maybe you're thinking about it for the first time. Hmm, how affectionate am I with my children? I don't know. But if it wasn't present when you were growing up, it might be missing now if you're a parent. So this is one thing you want to interrupt. And if your parents aren't very loving and affectionate, that doesn't have to be your future. All right. Now, the next part of this podcast is all putting you on the road to flourish. 
flourish, for, flourish, thrive, have happiness, have all the good stuff. And the first point I want to make is that you need to deal with your problems. If you're having issues and problems in life, you have to deal with them. You don't want to minimize them. You don't want to dismiss them. You don't want to pretend they don't, they don't exist. You don't want to be in denial. It's just not going to help you have a happy life where you're thriving. I have a whole entire podcast devoted to dealing with issues and problems, and that will help you. But you can't pretend in life that you don't have problems. Right now we're talking about a problem called my parent or parents or or family isn't so good to me. That's a problem. How you're going to deal with that problem is create your own amazing life. You're going to make your life so wonderful. First of all, they'll probably be seething with jealousy. <laughs> yeah, they probably will. So what? Isn't that like the best antidote for not having a great family is go have an amazing life? Yes, it's really a great solution. Go have this rich, amazing life and and heal and thrive. So whatever problems or issues you're having in life, you need to deal with them. And my podcast will help you. Now, before I get into my final suggestions, I'm going to give you five areas to focus on. Just five. But they're very important. They're very, very, very important. And I have a podcast on each of these. Number one is integrity. Integrity is magical and life becomes magical when you have integrity. Whole podcast on that. Bring integrity into your life. No kidding. I am not kidding. Number two, happiness. Well, I have loads and loads and loads of material about happiness because I'm a happiness expert. I love happiness and happiness rules my life. Now, do I have things that are painful? Yes, I do. Right now, I have things that I can't control in my life that are painful, but I'm very well equipped in dealing with the pain and that doesn't mean my life isn't happy because I know how to be happy and trust me, like people know, oh yeah, I won't do that because that doesn't make me happy. Like get on the road to happiness and make it a priority. I already told you you want to have be well loved as a priority. So these are five on top of that. So integrity, happiness, self-care. Start taking care of yourself. Like no kidding. You'll feel better. You'll look better. You might even look younger. I mean, who knows what might happen, but it, it's a foundation for life. And it's one thing that some young people, some teenagers, and some young adults don't learn from their parents is how to take care of themselves. I have a podcast on that, which is actually on self-care and self-compassion, which is number four, self-compassion. You have something in your brain called your inner critic. Everybody's got one. I hate to break it to you. And the inner critic's job is to criticize you, criticize you relentlessly. I mean, it's a monster. And you can go on this amazing journey to tame your inner critic, which is quite fun. Like, it's amazing when you can tell your inner critic when it rears its head to just go take a flying leap. And by the way, when you tame it, it hardly ever pops up. So you want to tame that inner critic because that's going to help you feel better and it's going to help you flourish and thrive. And the last thing of the five is to learn to control your mind. Now, that's not something that everybody knows how to do. However, learning to control your mind has been written about since the beginning of time. And there's all kinds of different techniques you can use to learn to control your mind. It's amazing. Though I do have, I said already, already said I have a podcast on all of those. Well, I do have a podcast on learning how to control your mind. I don't care how you do it. I mean, I, I go through some suggestions in that podcast, but there's other ways to learn how to do it. It's amazing. It is absolutely wonderful. So those are five things to focus on on top of being well-loved. But I have a whole list of other suggestions for you. I know. Because I want you to have this rich, amazing life. Why not? Why not? Of course, you deserve it. All right. So number one, make this. Make this right now a defining moment. You could, you, sometimes we have defining moments because they, things just happen to us, but you can willfully and thoughtfully choose to make something a defining moment. 
So my request is you draw a line in the sand and you make a choice that you are going to use the fact that either one or the other of your parents or your family or you don't have any family isn't so good to you, whatever, that you're going to make this be a defining moment and create a beautiful future. Like, choose it. That's my first request. Number two, I request that you be all in. No half-heartedness. Like, be all in. Like, crazy. I'm going to be all in on this. Yes. Because you want to have a better life starting now. Not, don't wait another year. Don't wait another three weeks. Why, why would you wait? I don't know. But you, you can wait. You know, like, you get to do your life however you do it. I'm not in charge of your life. And I'm not going to be suffering if your life isn't great, if you're not choosing good things. So be all in for right now. The next suggestion I have is to grab a buddy or build a team. Yes, you don't want to do this alone. Everybody else you know needs the same things that you do most likely. And if they don't need it, they'll help you. And if they don't need it, they'll probably be thrilled that you're going on a personal growth journey. Like they'll probably be like jumping up and down happy. So grab a buddy and build a team. And the next suggestion is to make it fun and playful. Listen, life is very hard. I know. And that's why, starting at a young age, I decided I was going to have my life be fun and playful. Yeah, I decided that in high school. I was like, hmm, yeah, I'm going to go for things and I'm going to have goals, but I'm going to have life be fun and playful because life is too hard otherwise. So make this journey, make this defining moment be fun and playful because you can. You can have a great name for your little team. You can make parties and events. Like I have a whole podcast about being having fun and play in your life. Go listen to that. All right. Focus on bringing happiness. That's one of the five things. And love into your life. I already mentioned self-care and self-compassion. You want to boost that. You want to get on that right away. And you want to do it every day. And you want to make it fun. Like look. I make the things that I have to do enjoyable and fun because I don't like drudgery and I don't like pain. I just don't like them. So I find ways to make things fun. All right, next I, rec I recommend strongly that you take a look and see if you have a cognitive distortion. Cognitive distortions are very, 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 very common. And that's going to give you a flawed perspective on life or irrational thinking. I have a whole podcast about that. But since you're getting on the road to thriving and flourishing and having this rich, amazing life, it would, it would be valuable, extremely valuable, to recognize if you have a cognitive distortion because you can get over that. If you have a cognitive distortion, you're not going to be like, oh, woe is me. You're going to be like, oh, I have a cognitive distortion. Guess what? I'm working on that. And get to work on it because you can. My next suggestion is that you make more friends or better friends or new friends because most people don't have enough friends. If you're lucky enough that you have all the friends in the world and you don't need any more friends, I say pat yourself on the back. You're the anomaly because that's not how it is for most people. So if you're most people, you need either more friends or better friends or, you know, something. So go do that. Put that on your list. My next suggestion is that you implement a reward system. I have an article about that. I talk about it in one of my podcasts. I have plenty of stuff on that. I'm sure I have a YouTube video. Reward systems can really help you stay the course. We're talking about changing your life. We're talking about growing and developing. And you're going to like naturally want to stay in your comfort zone. Like that's what we do. So have a reward system to propel you forward. And so that you're getting rewards frequently for getting on this journey. I mean, I just love... I just love my reward system. It's fun. All right. I already mentioned growing your emotions to be a superpower, but you want to really make 
get serious about that. You could even make this journey your superhero journey and name it after your favorite superhero. But emotions, if you learn how to use them, are a superpower. Not kidding. Listen to some of my podcasts about emotions. Next, I suggest that you learn to be present. That's really helpful in life. So being present means being right here, right now, right now in this moment. You're not thinking about anything else. You're just listening to the sound of my voice. You're not ruminating about what else you have to do when you're done listening to this podcast. You're right here, right now in the moment. Another term for that is mindfulness. And I already mentioned one of the top five things is to learn to control your mind. That will help you be present because most people aren't don't walk around life present. That's it's being present is amazing. It makes life richer. All right. The next suggestion is to understand some basic psychology. It is so helpful. It is so so helpful to understand some very basic psychology. I'm not talking about like heavy deep psychology. I have a podcast about basic psychology, which I cover. The most common terms I think are helpful, so that'll help you, and. I also suggest that you start using gratitude. Gratitude is a great tool. It's a great muscle you build over time. It's like wildly great. And my podcast will outline how great it is. The other thing I suggest is that you start using optimism. That's miraculous and amazing. And I have a podcast about that. My next suggestion is that you be up to something. Well, hopefully... At this point in the podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start setting some goals. I'm going to make this a defining moment. I'm going to make my family who's hurt me and ditched me and not been good to me. I'm going to set that aside and get on this amazing journey. So you're going to start setting some goals. Hopefully you've got be well loved. You've got integrity. You've got self-care and self-compassion. I'm giving you all kinds of ideas, but you want to be up to something in life. It's a very attractive quality, and it really will help you in so many different ways. And I have a podcast about making lists and all kinds of stuff that will help you, but set some goals and get into action. And then the next suggestion is don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you need therapy, go get therapy. Like there should be no shame or embarrassment if you go into therapy. So what? So what? I have a whole whole podcast about what is therapy anyway. That'll probably give you some ideas. And, you know, like ask people for help. I've asked for help my entire life. I'm not like, oh, I love asking for help. No, I do not love asking for help. But I do ask for help when I need help. And people have always helped me. And the last suggestion here before I get into the takeaways is Don't let other people define you or predict your future. You can triumph over a bad family or no family. You can triumph, flourish, and thrive like crazy. Even if you've experienced very bad traumas growing up or you have current trauma, like you can. The operative word is you can. So don't let other people define you. Get on this journey. All right, here's your takeaways. Number one, it's time to recognize that you can use having either no parents and no family or a bad parent or parents or family to your advantage. You can use it as a springboard and a defining moment in your life. You can. And number two, it's time to start taking intentional actions to bring love and happiness and all the good stuff in your life, into your life, because you deserve it. And takeaway number three is it's time to grab a buddy or build a team, either one, because that's going to help you be significantly more successful on your journey to love and happiness. So, as for my call to action, it's time to get on the road for growth and development and take people with you and make it fun and playful. Yes! And I'm requesting that you share this podcast because this is the most common struggle that some of the people you know are having that they've never told you about because people are ashamed and people are embarrassed. So share this podcast 
and hang in there. You got this. Go get them. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 78. My parent or parents or family is not so good to me. I hope you're going to use this as an opportunity to make your life amazing and wonderful because you can. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And of course, I hope you're going to visit my website and enter my giveaway because you might win something. Hang in there for now. You got this. I love you. Take care.